one soul ring. So, not to sound too much like an old man, but I have to say, guys, the weather lately has been just great. Like, I'm feeling like the first, like, cold grasps of autumn, and, like, I don't have the air conditioning on in my house or the heat on in my house, and I'm just, like, loving just coasting. how much money I'm saving on hydro. Oh, yeah, I'm just coasting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. It, it's pretty funny because Stanley, when he goes outside in the evening, it's so dewy in the grass. He just comes back soaked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he loves the dew. Yeah, he loves rolling around <laughs> in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he does. It's refreshing, especially when you don't have sweat glands and you're just a tiny corgi. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric, did, uh, did Riley and I tell you that we uh, tried a Supreme Draft? Last week? No. Yeah, so it's just like... um, I I started to read up on it, but then, like, I think I was, like, at work, and it was um, a really long story at the beginning. They didn't really get to the information right away, and I was like, what the fuck? No, no. It's like like one of those... uh, Talking about meeting his wife. I know, like, what? (laughs) (laughs) One of those, like, recipes that you have to, like, read through this person's life story. It's like, I don't care. I just want to know how to roast potatoes here. Come on. Come on. (laughs) No, but Supreme Draft is a new format that um, was released on Magic Online, and it's, it's kind of intended as a Magic Online format because basically it's an individual draft. So it's just you with 18 packs, and in Magic Online, it's just Phantom. So, of course, you don't have to buy 18 booster packs just to play. <laughs> but they're running it right now with uh, all the different Rav- Ravnica sets uh, and different packs from, from Ravnica in, in certain orders. Uh, but basically, you open up a pack and you have two picks. So you make your two picks and you burn the rest of the pack. Then you move on to the next pack. You get another two picks. And you keep doing that until you get through all 18 packs and you have 36 cards at the end of it. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just designed as like a two person draft. Well, and so there's yeah, no, like, I mean, if, if, you know, like if eight people had 18 packs each, they could do their own Supreme draft, right? It's, it's like an, an individual draft format. So you're not passing packs or anything. Right. So, yeah. yeah, which which really lends itself to a ter- two person format. So there's a lot less just just wheeling of the same cards over and over again. Yeah, yeah. So Kevin and I played it with his vintage cube, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a little spicy. <laughs> I felt <laughs> I, I felt a little dirty. <laughs> yeah, you draft. Yeah, I totally got host. He, what did you get? You got like seven of the nine pieces of power. Yes, something like that. <laughs> Seven of the and, nine. Yeah, I had. I got like a mox pearl. That's it. Yeah, I had like three moxen. <laughs> I had a black lotus. I had uh, time walk, time twister, and uh, what was ancestral vision? Ancestral vision. Ancestral recall. Or ancestral recall. Yeah. Recall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you like turn one wastelanded me on in one of the games that that didn't last too long after that. Yeah. Wastelanded my tapped breeding pool. Yeah, I, I went with like a, a simic lands deck. So I think my mm-hmm. first pick was like Ramanop Excavator and uh, Fast Bond. Oh my god, uh, <laughs> that's gross! And then I had Time Twister and like Strip Mine and Wasteland, plus like all that Ugh. power. <laughs> a couple of, and an Oko and too. an Oko. 
<laughs> you're like, I can just cast stuff, but I can also just destroy all your lands always. Yeah. Uh, I had yeah. um, Channel with Kozlak and uh, Primeval <laughs> Titan. <laughs> so, I mean, I could have, like, in theory, that deck could have easily turned one to Primeval Titan or a Kozlak with, like, yeah. Fast Bond into, like, Time Twister. Into <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very, very good. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a rematch. And, uh, and you know, this time, hopefully, the, the power is spread out a little more evenly. Yeah. But it, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun to, uh, to, to be able to draft just with two people. Mm-hmm. So if you have the opportunity, try it out. We found out that uh, Kevin accidentally has two Oracle of Moldias in his cube. <laughs> yes, which which I've which I've since remedied, okay. but uh, <laughs> but Riley got to draft draft two of them because they were uh, well. He just his they they ended up in 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 his pile of packs. Yeah. He still picked both of them. Come on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's Simic Lance. Yeah, it's great. All right, everybody. Well, this is Turn One Soul Ring. I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Eric. And I'm Riley. That's right. Riley, you're back. You haven't been here for the last Hello. few weeks. <laughs> How does it feel? Uh, it feels good. I've had <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, had quite a summer. Like I've been camping a lot and uh, just trying to avoid people as best I can while still taking time away from work. So it's been good. Boom. Awesome. Love it. And you got a new dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got Mr. Yeah. Stanley. Yeah, little Corgi. Yeah. He's a cute guy. Yeah, the Stanley. queen loves corgis. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, today on the show, we're going to be talking about the upcoming standard rotation. I guess more specifically, we're going to be talking about the cards we think you should be picking up around the rotation because they're starting to decrease in value. Yeah. But before we get to that, Eric, how can listeners get in touch with us? Listeners, listen. You can find us on Instagram <laughs> at Turn One Soaring the Podcast. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us directly, we have an email address, Turn One Soaring the Podcast at gmail.com. And also check us out. We've got stuff going up on YouTube. Type in Turn One Soaring the Podcast and you can find our stuff over there. Yeah. And uh, oh, we also have a Patreon, patre- uh, patreon.com slash Turn One Soaring. And also, if you just you know, if you're just looking around, turn one solar in the podcast, wherever you might find us. So uh, let's move on to some magic news. Some of the stuff that's been going on in the past week. We got a um, magic 2021 set roadmap earlier this week or late last week. Um, who remembers? But um, yeah. <laughs> looks this is September 1st. So that would have been Tuesday. And we have the the Viking set in Q1, as well as Time Spiral remastered. So we're getting old border cards and old border foils again. I'm very excited for that. Then we have Strixhaven, School of Mages. That looks fun. Um, they're, prob- they're probably going to make like Strixes or Bird Tribal really playable <laughs> in that set. I, I have a feeling. And uh, then they're replacing... Uh, the core set next year with the Dungeons and Dragons Adventures in the Forgotten Realm set um, Q3 Modern Horizons 2 that's probably going to be a bomb and then we're going back to Innistrad with Innistrad Werewolves and Innistrad Vampires <laughs> so what do we what do we think about this uh, 2021 release schedule guys I'm pumped uh, yeah I'm 
really looking forward to Time Spiral Remastered. Uh, I think that will be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, as as much as Modern Horizons 1 was uh, a little bit of a headache for Modern, it was great for a ton of other formats and was a very fun draft format the few times I had to an opportunity to draft it. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yeah, and they solved all yeah. those problems with Modern Horizons 1. They just had to ban a few cards, and people were only miserable for a few months playing Modern. <laughs> <laughs> It was interesting though they were like you know pushing power on things and stuff so uh, it was definitely a very different space for them to try and print cards into so it's really cool that they're mm-hmm. continuing with that and we're gonna get an actual uh fetch land reprint in modern horizons 2 oh that's right yeah they did say it's not all of them it's just the enemy fetch lands but they're still printing them like i think they said like at rare yeah and that's 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 great even though that set is um It'll probably be at the same price as original Modern Horizons, which for us was about. Uh, it sort like of seven, fluctuated between se- seven, yes, like se- it's seven to t- yeah, like when it first came out, it was like six ninety nine, and then it went. Now yeah. they're like ten ninety nine. Um, yeah. But so maybe maybe know, a little t- bit more than Commander Anthology is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh exactly. man. But uh, the enemy ones, we all know that the enemy fetch lands are the ones that need, are more in need of a real reprint. The, you know, the reprint that we're getting in, in the form of Expeditions in Zendikar Rising isn't a, what I would call a real reprint. No, it's not a reprint at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've gotten the, the allied fetch lands in two standard sets and you know we've 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 only gotten the the enemy fetch lines in one standard set so i think with mm17 and modern horizons 2 maybe like we're almost at a standard set level reprint um but yeah it, 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 regardless you know it'll it'll reduce the prices of those cards i just hope that the price on the packs for modern horizons 2 will at least be around like where modern horizons 1 started mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, yeah, me too. I think that's what we all want. Yeah, and the we were saying Time Spiraled Remastered. Uh, we had a remastered set already this year, which is on Magic Arena, but they were saying Time Spiraled Remastered is actually going to be in paper as well. So I know you're hearing a remastered set, but yeah, uh, we should get paper printing. Oh, great. Yeah, that's, that, that is good to clarify. And and is it is it more of a new spin on Time Spiral, or is it actually like Time Spiral Block taken and and reworked is that clear like i mean i guess chalice of the void was i don't think it was in the original there, time spiral block was it no there will be it a wasn't. re-envisioning of the nostalgic special rarity from the original time spiral expansion okay a number of cards printed for the first time in the old magic border frame cool such as okay. relentless rats chalice of the void and path to exile okay so it's a new spin on the time spiral feel yeah cool well, I'm into it. <laughs> and like this, is this going to be a, like these sets that are on the bottom of this release schedule, are those, are they on the bottom for the sake of having enough room on this image or are they on the bottom because they're not going to be, I, well, I know Modern Horizons isn't going to be standard legal, but you know, the thing with the original Time Spiral is they time shifted cards to make them. Uh, like a lot of time shifted cards are modern legal today because they were time shifted in the original time spiral block. So do we know if they're going to do that with 
cards that are were previously not legal in modern they could like again in this new set yeah yeah i guess i i guess it just depends on if this is like a set for eternal formats or if this is a set that's going to be this is going to be a standard set Oh, it's definitely Eternal Formats. Okay. Because we have, like, they're, they're saying, like, Relentless Rats, Chalice, and Path to Exile. So, like, I don't think they're printing. Like, there's still going to be the four sets we have, which is Kaldheim, Strixhaven, Dungeons and Dragons, and then the Innistrad stuff. So I think mm-hmm. the Time Spiral is going to be another, like, supplemental set that isn't standard legal. Right, right. Um, yeah. Well, I guess I guess we will see... Yeah, we'll see. I think the Dungeons & Dragons thing can definitely be really cool as well. And uh, what's with the two Innistrad sets at once? I guess we'll find out later. <laughs> yeah, and before we started recording, Riley mentioned that it could be like uh, how we used to draft block sets. How we'd draft like a pack. You know, if it was a three-block set back in the day, you'd draft a pack from each set. Or if it was a two-block set, you'd do like two-and-one kind of thing. So um, he mentioned that it, it could be something like that. Maybe, yeah, it, it could no. be, or it could be something completely different. I mean, they've been taking uh, draft and, and innovating with different ways of drafting, um, so it could be something that we haven't seen yet. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. should be interesting. Yeah, speaking of draft, uh, Riley and I also did a couple of uh, jumpstart um, limited games, and man, that is a fun set. What a great product. Yeah. <laughs> just just love it just love yeah. it yeah jumpstart's really cool i've been enjoying it it's so much fun yeah it's great it's like and and they seem to they, the combination seem to pair well together even though obviously there's so many different varieties of things you could be doing <laughs> yeah 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 sometimes sometimes it does feel like you're you're on the on a on a lower power level though i will say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think some of the some of the themes just straight out aren't as powerful as others, obviously. So yeah. All right, is there anything else we wanted to touch on before we move on to our lists, guys? Guys, guys, guys. guys. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's all right. Let's go for it. Okay, so uh, yeah, we're gonna get to the main topic here, just like we did in our new favorites episode we did a few weeks ago. We've each made a list of cards that are. Um, rotating in september the standard rotation is going to happen with the release of zendikar rising correct yeah yes and we just think these cards are going to be good pickups uh in the next couple weeks or the a few weeks after rotation because they're either going to continue to see play in non-rotating formats or well i guess that's pretty much the only reason because they're going to continue to see play in non-rotating formats or maybe you just like the card i don't know yeah just get a nice shiny, shiny card to look at. Get some shiny cards. Yeah, <laughs> why not? I do it all the time. Sometimes I just spend my evenings like flipping through my trades binder and I just think I'm never going to trade any of you away. That's what I tell them. <laughs> You're all I'm mine. Going to, <laughs> I won't know. trade you away. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I do believe that Eric has the longest list today. So we're going to start with uh, him. Sweet. Let's start this off with a big boy. Boy. Big ol' Hydroid Crossus. Nice. This is just Ooh. a straight-up powerful Simic card. Um, so for those who don't remember, it's X and then green-blue for a 0-0 Hydra Beast Jellyfish. Uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> when you cast this spell, you gain half X life and you draw half X cards. You round down. 
Uh, it had Scott flying in trample or frample, as we like to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, please. <laughs> and it enters the battlefield with X one encounters on it. So, <laughs> did you say frample? Yeah, frample. Yeah, isn't frample. it flample? No, it's frample. Oh, it's 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 Vase Vaz Riley. It's it's all up to the. That's <laughs> <laughs> however you say it. Um, frample. <laughs> yeah, frample. I've already I've always heard flample, but. <laughs> I've heard a lot of frample. <laughs> All right, what, whatever, whatever floats your flample. Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty twenty. You can't take anything for granted. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this this is a fantastic card. This is actually on my list as well. Mine and too. Um, you know, it's what's so good about it is it just you know you still get the card draw, you still get the life gain, even if it gets countered. And um, I also I was also going to say that. Um, because of Zach Zara, the exemplary in com- the, the new commander card from Commander 2020, you know that's the, like that's a very strong commander, and and so now so is Sultai Hydra Tribal, and this fits right in there. And boy, how the mighty have fallen! This is 1326 on uh, USD on Scryfall. Man, I remember when this card was pushing fifty dollars. Yeah, and it is trending down. I was looking on MTG stocks today. And uh, their average price is around sixteen bucks, but it's it's trending down, so it it could go could get lower. Yeah, and I I think it will. I think you know, like in the next couple weeks, yeah. Or 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 even you know, I might actually say to wait a bit post rotation if you need a copy or a couple copies of this card, because I don't know that it's seeing widespread play in constructed formats. Yeah, standard definitely is 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 where we're seeing most of its play um Mm -hmm. but i don't yeah i don't think there's even any pioneer decks that are running this card i think it's just it was standard and can then i'd pick it up for commander you know so yeah exactly it'd be a fun card for commander yeah something else that's kind of interesting but you know before we move on to the next card here um just the state of the world right now uh with with people not playing widespread paper magic at game stores and how that's kind of affecting card prices. Obviously people are still buying paper cards, but you know, people aren't playing standard the same way in paper. They're playing standard on arena where the economy is very different. So Mm -hmm. it's going to be really interesting to see what happens to cards that we're seeing a ton of play in standard post rotation what happens to the price of them and and how low they actually go and you know the new cards being released into a new standard and the value of those cards and and how that's all going to shake out yeah something we've never seen before so we'll see <laughs> it's it's unprecedented as they say oh <laughs> all right so let's jump over to corset 2020 um one of the pickups that i've had a look at is leyline of anticipation and this is one that we've seen in the past has gone up and has historically been, uh, you know, a decent price or like a decently, um, you know, like $10, $15 card. Uh, right now it's sitting at around $6.5 on MTG stocks. And it is currently trending down, but fairly slowly. So it probably won't dip down much lower than it is, but still, you know, I can imagine a year or two from now this creeping up over time. Because uh, it's a commander staple. Like, it's, you know, being able oh, yeah. to cast yeah. something at instant speed. Well, here, I'll, I should read it. 
Um, two blue blue for an enchantment. And if it's in your opening hand uh, as you begin the game, you can begin with it on the battlefield. And you may cast spells as though they had flash. So making your threats at instant speed is great. You know, on the last person's turn before your turn, you can always flash in all your threats uh, to make it difficult mm -hmm. for your opponents working at sorcery speed. Um, yeah. Yeah, just land go. Uh, yeah, this is a fantastic uh, stable card, and you know, for for the uh, the other ley lines, the yeah, ley line of the void and ley line of sanctity that were reprinted in this set, those are also great pickups. But I would say that this card, the ley line of anticipation, sees far more commander play, mm -hmm. um, just be, just because that that what it what it allows you to do is so much more practical in game, which is probably why a card like um, Vidalcan Ore is so valuable because you can put it in any deck. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I will say though, if you uh, you you might want to get the uh, the other art or previous artwork for this uh, particular card because I see here it's uh, it's admitted sexual predator Noah Bradley. Uh, <laughs> if, if if that's important to you, anyways. <laughs> So. I will uh, I will move on to my first card, and it is Nissa who shakes the world. Okay, so Nissa who shakes the world is a uh, legendary planeswalker for three and two green. She comes onto the battlefield with five loyalty. Her static ability is: whenever you tap a forest for mana, add an additional green to your mana pool. Her plus one is put three one one counters on up to one target non-creature land you control. Untap it. It becomes a zero zero elemental creature with vigilance and haste. That's still a land. And her minus eight is you get an emblem with lands you control have indestructible. Search your library for any number of forest cards. Put them onto the battlefield tapped. Then shuffle your library. Gotta love those emblems. <laughs> That's not a broken, broken mechanic in any way. Not at all. Uh, I'm thinking about Nissa for Commander. You know, like one-sided mana doublers are always going to see play in that format, and Nissa already does. Uh, she's also great in in Pioneer. I think you know if if you've seen the price of War of the Spark sealed boxes, how they've already increased since that set went out of print. Um, I'm sure the the Planeswalkers that see play in other formats like Nissa are going to also increase in value and she's only about ooh, she's cheap she's like just over five bucks yeah. even the secret layer drop promos she's not that expensive under 10 yeah currently um i mean over the last seven days she's still trending down slightly but she'll probably stay around five bucks for a little bit and then she'll slowly creep mm -hmm. back up so now's a good time yeah the great thing about the planeswalkers a lot of the planeswalkers from this set is um, the good ones are are rare, you know, so mm -hmm. they're not as they're not as uncommon as planeswalkers in a regular set where they're generally always mythics. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Moving on, I got Omnath, Locus of the Royal. Mm. So this guy's one of anything green, blue, red for a three-three elemental. When he enters the battlefield, deals damage to a target equal to the number of elementals you control. Uh, but whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, put a 1-1 counter on target elemental you control. If you control 8 or more lands, draw a card. So in a lands deck, later on in the game, uh, all of your land drops are also drawing you cards. So I think this is obviously in Commander a very powerful 
ability. Super dope. Yeah, and so it's good to catch these guys when they're on the downtrend. Yeah, and in <clears throat> you know, if you wanted to do like an elementals matter type of commander deck, you could really dome somebody for a lot of damage, especially with tokens. Yeah, and really it could. And with the new Omnath coming in uh Zendikar Rising, um th- this guy I, I think is seeing a little bit more interest just because of mm-hmm. elemental synergies. Like anytime there's a spicy yeah. new legendary, like people want to build around him, people want to buy whatever kind of tribe or theme uh, is around uh, that card. So I imagine this this guy's going to spike in price in a bit <laughs> if he hasn't already. Yeah, get him now. Get the shinies. Next up on my list is Scheming Symmetry, another one from Corset 2020. So Scheming Symmetry is black mana for a sorcery. Choose two target players. Each of them searches their library for a card and puts it on top of their library. So this is basically like an Imperial Seal. You don't get the card in your hand. You just put it on top. Uh, But the reason I like Scheming Symmetry, particularly in Commander, is that that ability to be able to get somebody else a card that they want can be used in a nice political way, like a nice friendly political way. You know, something that you know, advantages the table, you know, somebody's going off or somebody has like a scary artifact or enchantment. It's like, okay, well I'm in mono black or I'm in Rakdos or whatever. I can't really deal with enchantments. And Hey, that green player over there or that white player over there uh, might have something to deal with it. So maybe I can make a deal with them, give them the ability to make their next draw step in like a card that they can use to remove that spell. Uh, So it's not only sets up my plan, it also gives, I guess, you somebody else's resources that they can use against an, uh, a threat that you want to, to deal with as well. So it can be um, uh, a nice partnership. <laughs> yeah, uh, if, uh, yeah, you know, and, until you the two of you have to kill each other. Yeah. But uh, you could also use it. I was just thinking, if somebody has like a Mother of Ruins, which you, if you untap with the Mother of Ruins, you, you know, the, your your opponents now need two removal spells to get rid of that Mother of Ruins or whatever is on your board that you actually want to get rid of. Um, but you know, if you scheming symmetry and you know you're like, I'll get a removal spell and you get a removal spell and then we can deal with that mother of ruins. So like this card is perfect for that situation. Um, I do think though that this is a, a, like a pretty undervalued card because it is a tutor that lets you get whatever you want for one mana. Um, and you know, it's like you said, it it has that political edge to it, Mm -hmm. which, uh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it is card disadvantage in the sense that you're spending a card to put a card on top of your deck. You're not putting it into your hand like Demonic Tutor would. But that that kind of political strategy that you can take with it can actually help swing the game quite a bit in your favor if you're able to convince somebody to work with you to deal with another threat. Because now you're taking the resources that they have available to them and using them towards your advantage, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my next card is Karn the Great Creator. Mm. And he is great. He's he's a he's just great. Uh, <laughs> and he does not look at all derpy in the art on this card. He is looking good. So uh Karn the Great Creator is a four mana, five loyalty planeswalker. 
with a static ability that says activated abilities of artifacts your opponent's control can't be activated. His plus one is until your next turn, up to one target non-creature artifact becomes an artifact creature with power and toughness each equal to its converted mana cost. And his minus two is you may choose an artifact card you own from outside the game or in exile, reveal that card and put it into your hand. So just right off the bat, you know, four mana planeswalkers that come into play with five loyalty, sign me up. Um, but his his static ability is so nuts in a format like Commander because, you know, you know like if you're not in green, you're probably ramping with mana rocks and he shuts off your opponent's mana rocks while leaving your mana rocks still able to tap for mana. I mean, this Planeswalker is so powerful, he had to be restricted in Vintage. Not to mention the work that he does in Modern. If you've never had the pleasure of using a Wishboard, you should get four of these for your Tron deck and, and definitely try it out because it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's like you have, you know, however many cards you have in your hand plus the, fi- you know, not quite 15 cards, but, you know, like 10 plus cards in your sideboard is also part of your hand. It's, it's actually, uh, it's almost too much power for, for one person to have. Yeah, and I... I- I noticed he is seeing play in, in, you know, eternal formats as is, and he is trending up a little bit. So you probably, mm. <laughs> this is now your opportunity. If you wanted to get him, he's not going to be much cheaper than he already is. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, I remember buying, uh, like when he was restricted in vintage, his price did take quite a hit yeah. and you, he, he got knocked down to about, eight dollars canadian and and that's when i picked up my copies for modern and uh yeah he's he's been just steadily going up since then obviously we had well this is an m20 card but we are talking about planeswalkers <laughs> a lot thanks for the spark they're good so i got <laughs> yeah, they're good <laughs> uh we got chandra awakened inferno uh, this card is pretty sweet four of anything and two red for a six mana six loyalty planeswalker it just can't be countered. So it's coming down no matter what. No, you could unsubstantiate it. He's right. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Gotta get that unsubstantiate. Yeah, I have stock uh, and unsubstantiate. Yeah. <laughs> At least I can still recast it. Yeah. You're right. Well, You're right. Counterflex <laughs> exile cards from the stack. There, there's way, there's way, you know, you could like there's, mind yeah, break okay. trap. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. <laughs> it's okay. You guys are ruining my fun. <laughs> All right, so for the plus two, but now it's an eight loyalty planeswalker on the turn you play it. Uh, each opponent gets an emblem with, at the beginning of your upkeep, this emblem deals one damage to you. Well, and you can keep stacking emblems on top of people. Uh, so in burn decks in Commander, this is actually pretty sweet. Uh, and then we do have minus three to have Chandra deal three damage to each non-elemental creature. And then there's a minus X to make Chandra Inferno deal X damage to target creature or planeswalker. And if the permanent does damage, this way would die. This turn exile it instead. Uh, this card has really leveled off. I don't know if it's going to go any lower than what it is. Mm-hmm. Sitting around like the $10 mark. Uh, but it is just yeah. a very powerful planeswalker. So, Oh, yeah. And like with any planeswalker, 
Uh, I mean, I think we've been kind of uh, like ruined for our expectations of planeswalkers in the past couple of years because now we expect the mana cost to equal to be equal to the loyalty that it comes into play with, um, or more. <laughs> and uh, you know, this planeswalker is is no exception. But for us, for a six mana planeswalker like this, like this Chandra really really does some work. Yeah, she's a bomb and limited. Oh, super bomb. <laughs> well, next up on my list is Beast Whisperer from Guilds of Ravnica. So Beast Whisperer, he's two green green. He's an elf druid. Uh, two, three. Good rate. Uh, whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card. So just Boom. great in any kind of you know heavy creature-based deck or elf ball deck, something that you want to just keep casting, redrawing, casting, redrawing. And uh, keep churning through your deck. Uh, also, Druid Synergy. You know what? Yeah. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> druid Synergy. Well, like, there's that mono green Druid Commander that it's like tap and untap Druid. Yep, to add a green. green. So, like, I've never seen that Commander, but I've thought about building around I've it. I've thought about building <laughs> around him as well, because you get that uh, Druid from, uh, it's like, Lorwyn block. Uh, that you can tap seven untapped druids to oh, gain control yes. of all lands target player owns. Yes. Or target oh, that's control. so dirty. <laughs> you just so get him. It's not till end of turn. <laughs> it's like a one-person yeah. Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. that's right. That was pro- that would have been my first include. I didn't notice that this had just been reprinted in uh, Commander 2020. Um, but, oh, uh, but s- nice. Probably I the don't, I don't know. I'd imagine it yeah, would be the probably. Salty deck. Probably. If not, if all of us are asking who got it, it was. It's probably Trev. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because um, the other the 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 fifth deck that was all the creatures were all pretty keyword heavy. Yeah. The um, deck. Yeah. But yeah, this is like the the Commander twenty twenty is. It looks like it's under two dollars. But you know, this is just like. Um, What's that other card? Gar- Guardian Project. Any kind of like uh, green card, mono green card that lets you just draw cards off creatures that is this cheap to cast mm-hmm. is is just it's a home run for Commander usually. Yeah, yeah, I've played this in, in Elf Ball before and it it pulls its weight for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a good good body like a like two three. It you know that extra that extra <laughs> toughness does does come in handy. No, I mean it. <laughs> can't can't pyroclasm that one away. Mm-mm. Yeah, you can still get bolted though, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so my next one is like uh, it's it's ten cards, but it's the shocklands. So it probably goes without saying, but the shocklands are always going to see a ton of play in modern, a pioneer, and of course commander. And unlike the other cards on these lists, the Shocklands are going to hold a lot of their value, but they're still going to take a hit, and they, uh, most of them have been decreasing in value a little bit. So I would keep an eye on the ones you need now because picking them up, pick, picking them up in the next week or two will probably get you the best prices. I think probably like a week or two after rotation, they're going to start ticking up again. Um and again, because people aren't playing paper magic as much, I think people like standard players might just hold on to their cards instead of going to a store. I, I just, I kind of like anticipate that kind of thing. Um, 
because they don't need to flip their standard cards to get new standard cards. I don't know. I don't play standard. Um, but, I mean, this isn't helpful, but I think the best time to buy the Shocklands will be the next time they are reprinted. I mean, I remember uh, picking up copies of Breeding Pool for about 7 or $8 a couple years ago, and that's Canadian, so... You know, that's yep. that's pretty cheap. Sorry, folks. <laughs> you should have picked these up a while ago. <laughs> well, I, well, I was trying to avoid saying that and sounding like a jerk. So I was like, hey, you know, pick them up the next time they get reprinted. Because they're going to get reprinted. Yeah, yeah. They just tend to hold their value. Yeah, the next time we go to uh, Ravnica, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll give us some more copies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just wait another, like, three, four years. Yeah, it's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, I got Assassin's Trophy. Nice. Mmm, spicy. Yeah, so this is a really good removal card. It's uh, black-green for an instant. Destroy target permanent and opponent controls. This controller may search the library for a basic land card, put on the battlefield, then shuffle their library. So obviously, this is two mana to destroy any permanent. Very, very strong single removal card. And usually you're going to be getting rid of something... Uh, that's better than a basic land. A basic land. <laughs> oh, I remember when this card was spoiled and like the pre-order prices and everybody was like, oh, Tron's dead. This is a Tron killer. And, you know, I'm playing against it. Not that bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got hit by I got I got hit by three of these in, in one game playing Tron and I still I still made it work. Yeah, like I mean the but, uh, the basic you land. Just get to seven mana. Yeah, like. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it exactly. You just do. It definitely makes it feel less bad. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. great. You just ramp me. Thank you. I'll, I'll play my next big threat. <laughs> <laughs> well, they would oh, hit a Tron base... land, so instead of tapping for two mana, you got yeah. to tap for one mana. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, yeah. I think I think it was it was figured out pretty pretty quickly that uh, you don't run four copies because. I mean, your premium removal is just ramping your opponent. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's still a flexible card and good in Commander because, of course, it's, uh, I think that one land is is less critical than, you know, that that <laughs> huge threat that they just played. Huge threat yeah. or a combo piece yeah. or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Or, or a land that taps for, you know, a zillion mana. Guy's yeah. Cradle. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Next up on my list, I have Ethereal Absolution. So Ethereal Absolution, four white, black for an enchantment. It says creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus one. And it has an activated ability of two white, black, exile target creature, or sorry, target card from an opponent's graveyard if it was a creature, you create a one-one white black uh, spirit creature token with flying. So it's it's like um, almost like a budget Elish Norn, <laughs> in, in the sense that you're making your opponent's stuff a little bit smaller, making your stuff a little bit bigger. Um, this card was great and limited, and I want uh, like I've I've slotted in a few decks in in Commander. I've never actually played it, um, but just that little bit of a like tipping the scales in your favor, I think is a, a nice little, nice, nice little anthem effect. Yeah, and you're really getting a a two two white and black spirit with the buff. Yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. 
No, I can I can definitely see that, and it's 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 great because it's a mana sink, so like a late game, in a commander game when you have all that extra white and black mana, you just dump it in here, get rid of some problem creatures in a graveyard, especially if an opponent is is recurring creatures from their graveyard. Mm-hmm. That, that's also a great way to hose them. Yeah, this is also great after somebody decides to like board wipe or something. You can still rebuild some sort of board presence with this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, very very good point. Yeah, so 50 cents. <laughs> yeah, nice, 50 cents. Uh, nice like, and that's there. like, get it, in, get it in foil. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Treat yourself. That watermark probably looks great. Uh, okay, so my last card, you guys are going to have to continue this episode without me. I'll just sit quietly. <laughs> um, my last card is Light Up the Stage. Nice. It is two and a red for a sorcery. It has spectacle, which is you may cast this spell, spectacle for one red. You may cast this spell for its spectacle cost rather than its mana cost if an opponent lost life this turn. And you exile the top two cards of your library. Until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards. This is just a super efficient draw spell in red, especially if you can cast it for its spectral cost. And uh, it's always going to have a home in any burn deck that I build, but it's just, you know, it's so efficient in, in any red deck, you know, like I, I don't really have to get into why it's so great, but um, it does see play in non-rotating formats currently. And I think until it's reprinted, it, it is going to continue to see value, which probably won't be in a standard set because I don't think they'll be slipping spectacle in, into you know, like core sets or just like here and there. I think it's one of those like Ravnica mechanics that they that they'll save for Ravnica or, you know, when they go back to Ravnica, they'll they'll do, you know, 10 new guild specific mechanics. Um, but anyways, this is just, you know, the, the fact that it lets you keep the card, do, do like do that um, impulsive draw and you don't have to play the cards until your next turn is is what really takes this card over the top for me and uh sitting around 43 cents right now so good time to pick it up probably even the like game day promo foil versions aren't that expensive anymore so grab some of those nice yeah yeah i love that card yeah Yeah, it's just great power fantastic yeah uncommon come on yeah come on forget about it Do you guys hear the whispers of doom? Because my next card oh. is a doom whisperer. Oh, oh you got us. <laughs> what happened to this card? Uh, it's still up there a little bit. In, it's like around four or five bucks US. Okay. All right. Mythic. Mythic yeah. rare. I definitely think this is good value. So it's a three of anything and two black for a nightmare demon. If you're going demon tribal, it's a good card to have. Oh, yeah. It is a six, six flying trample. And it's got a really cool ability. You can pay two life to surveil two. Yep, just you can just keep doing it over and over and over again. Yeah, so not only is this card a 6-6 six, six flying trample for five, it can help you find um, an, your next good draw. Um, or mm-hmm. if it's like, you know, you don't want to be hitting lands anymore, you can always make sure you're drawing like a playable card and stuff. So this card is really good in that regards. Also, if you're playing like a life gain deck that's like white-black, definitely throw this card in there because if you're gaining all that life you can definitely sink your life into something that can make sure you're hitting the draws that you want to hit oh yeah and like you know i think surveil is 
a lot better than Scry for, you know, just for the reason that, you know, in the decks that want to fill up their graveyard, it's it's doing exactly that. But, you know, you can just, if you're putting big creatures into your graveyard, you know, having the ability to recur them in that type of deck, you know, this, this helps you do that, you know, at really for free, right? You're paying life, but you know, when you don't have to pay mana for something, that's a win. Totally. For sure. Oh, it is. And it is very cheap. And oh boy, doesn't it have a uh, frample? Yeah, that's right. It's got that frample, right? Or, or that flample. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, you guys tell tomato, us. Tomato, tomato. Yeah. I think the listeners should know tell in the us. comments. Yeah. Is it frample yeah. or flample? What, what sounds right? <laughs> next up on my list i've got ilharg the raise boar so oh i forgot about the big pig beautiful pig (laughs) the big he's he's a beautiful boy (laughs) so for three red bread you get a six six boar god with trample and whenever he deal or sorry whenever he attacks you can put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking and return that creature card to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. Uh, and when he dies, he's got that uh, War of the God, or sorry, War of the Spark uh, God ability where you can choose, if he dies or is exiled, you can put him third from the top of your deck. Um, so you have the opportunity to draw him again. It's just so silly that like the creature doesn't get exiled like a sneak attack kind of thing mm-hmm. or sacrificed. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back to your hand, so you just keep doing it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. I mean, like if you're running an Ilharg uh, commander deck, you could always jam like a Sundial of the Infinite and just leave it on the battlefield if you wanted to. Oh yeah, now you're speaking my language, oh, yeah. Riley. <laughs> yeah. Classic card right there. Love it. Yeah, great little, great little pig, uh, hovering around mm. five dollars right now and trending down uh, pretty hard. Like. Uh, trending down 6.4% over the last seven days. So um, he might dip down a little bit lower, but five bucks, I'd pick him up. You know, it probably goes without saying, but all the cards we're talking about, except maybe the Shocklands, you know, picking these cards up now and in foil, if you like foils, like the the foils too are are probably never going to be cheaper than they are right now or in the next month or so. Yeah. Uh, planeswalkers, planeswalkers. There's a lot of them. <laughs> there, there's a lot of them rotating. That's for sure. Ugin the ineffable. Oh, that was literally my next one. <laughs> <laughs> Beat you to it. Yeah, you got me. Uh, so this is six mana of anything for a four loyalty planeswalker. Uh, colorless spells you cast cost two less to cast, uh, and then you can plus one to exile the top card of your library face down and look at it. You create a 2-2 colorless spirit creature token. When that token leaves the battlefield, put the exiled card into your hand. And then you can minus three to destroy target permanent that's one or more colors. And War of the Spark was a really good set, hey? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good but check of my list. good in, like, yeah. Um, obviously, if you're doing, like, an artifact colorless thing or any kind of theme like that, every all those cards costing two less is really powerful. And then Ugin is just card advantage as well, because the plus one, that card at some point is going to go away, or the token. And when mm-hmm. it does, it's just leave the battlefield. Then you get that yeah. card in your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that clause is just so flexible. I Like, this, uh, like I've, I've been playing this card in Commander since it was released um, in, the, in the decks that you just described, Eric. And it, um, 
like it draws you so many cards and the turn you play it you can destroy a permanent like a, a colored permanent it's just uh mm-hmm. he's just fantastic yeah great yeah so if there's some problem like that you can just see ya great great for artifacts great for combo great for morph uh reduces the morph oh, yeah. cost um, so yeah great card i love ukin Eugene. Yeah, and he is very cheap right now. Wow. All these rare planeswalkers. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. Next up on my list, I've got Tamio, Collector of Tales. Another, another War of the Spark planeswalker. <laughs> <laughs> so Tamio is is really interesting. I actually run her in my Enchantress deck. Uh, she's two green blue for a Tamio planeswalker with five loyalty. Uh, spells and abilities your opponent's control can't cause you to discard cards or sacrifice permanence. And she's got a plus one. Choose an on-land card name, then reveal the top four cards of your library. Put all cards with that chosen name from among them into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. And she has a minus three ability to return target card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, So either she's kind of like almost like an expensive uh, regrowth <laughs> on a planeswalker <laughs> that sticks around and makes it so that you can't discard or sacrifice creatures to your opponent's abilities, which is really strong. Uh, or in my Enchantress deck, it's it's pretty focused on filling up my graveyard. So it's kind of a mill ability where, you know, in an off chance that I don't want to mill a particular card, like a Replenish, for example, it's like I'd rather have all yeah. the enchantments in the battle, uh, in the graveyard and the replenish in my hand, but I don't quite have the replenish. So I'm just going to name replenish, put the top four cards uh, into my graveyard. And if there is a replenish there, then it comes to my hand. Um, so just a way to continuously uh, mill through my deck and also give me some recursive value to bring key pieces back from the graveyard if I need to. So good role player. Yeah. And the, this static ability is pr- is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen other cards that have both of these effects, um, but in particular yeah. cards that can't cause you to discard cards. I know that the Sacrifice Permanent Clauses also shows up on Tajira Preserver and uh, Sigarda Host of Herons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you know, that like it really does come in handy. And Riley, I know your Enchantress deck is also a Voltron deck. No, you switched it back. But yeah. at one time it was a Voltron deck. And um, uh, my Sigarda deck is, uh, is a Voltron deck. And, um, you know, that clause getting around edict effects is so important in a Voltron deck. You know, like we don't have anybody in our, you know, very small meta that plays a lot of edict effects, like a grave pact kind of thing. But like, that'll just ruin you if you're playing a Voltron strategy. Um, So like this, this ability that's seems to be so um, unique among cards is incredibly powerful in the, in the decks that want it. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing to note, if uh, there's a lot of Torment of Hailfire in your meta, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those abilities that uh, Torment gives you the option of sacrificing permanence or paying three life uh, as part of the X ability. But, or discarding cards. Uh, oh, yeah, or discard cards. So <laughs> with Tamio on the yeah. battlefield, if your opponent Torments of Hailfires, your only choice is to pay the three life. 
for each uh, each uh, number of X. Um, so yeah. you can't Oof. discard cards and you can't sacrifice permanents. I found that out uh, <laughs> a pretty uh, a hard way when I was running uh, Sigarda in, I think, my original um, Enchantress build during our league. Because I, I couldn't, okay. I couldn't sacrifice permanence. I, I just had to either discard or pay life. But with Tamio, it's a double whammy. <laughs> Ouchies. Also, Tamio is really good if you have some sort of top deck manipulation as well, because then you can kind of know what's on top and just name one of those cards that you want. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So pairs with Jace and obviously Sensei's Divine Top and stuff like that. So. That's right, Sylvan Library. Get it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's a that's a cool interaction as well. That, that, that's a nice little one, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> that's gonna be my role in the show now. Just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh might as well go with another blue green card here. Uh Prime Speaker Vanifar. Mm. This is two of anything, green blue for an elf ooze wizard. Gotta love that creature type. <laughs> <laughs> And by tapping uh, Vanifar, you may sacrifice... Well, you sacrifice another creature. Search your library for a creature card with convert amount of cost equal to 1 plus the sacked creature's CMC. Put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library, and you can only activate this ability anytime you could cast a sorcery. This is sweet, though, because obviously... Uh, she is legendary, so you can use this as a commander, and then you can just build your deck in a way so that you can always tutor out creatures that you're looking for and uh you can also set up like combos and stuff like that as well so definitely a really fun creature card yeah just go up go up the chain to uh get a combo going i was really surprised after this card got spoiled and this set was released because there was a lot of hype around this card and just in our local meta this was back when we could go to game stores and play with paper cards mind you uh, I didn't see, I don't think I ran into anybody running this as a commander. Yeah. Well, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those combos, like the birthing pod combo that like, yeah. you know, you've got a chain of creatures that you're comboing into until you get to the end of that chain and find a way to win. Um, but it's so linear. I imagine people get bored of it. <laughs> you know. It, yeah. It's just one of those no, things that I, it, it looks fun initially, and then you're like, okay, well, I've, I've seen it. <laughs> I'm good now. <laughs> well, I I'm, <clears throat> I must be an outlier because, uh, like, you know, my Yisan deck isn't dissimilar to that. It is very linear, and I don't – I mean, yeah. maybe I'll get tired of playing that deck one day, but I, I, I love that deck. Yeah, no, I mean, Yisan, I, I think in, in that case, like, the thing with – Vanifar particularly is it's not you don't have to invest any mana into it so like your Yisan deck like you're comboing out over the course of the game whereas Vanifar yeah, that's, that's true yeah once Vanifar hits the table and is able to use that ability then you've got a chain to work up to to have that inevitable combo yeah it is yeah it is much more combo and, I, and Yisan isn't really a combo win in the strictest sense of the yeah, uh, in the strictest sense of the the meaning, like at least not my deck. My deck is a like a, a crater hoof win. Yeah, um, you know you do get like a lot of untapping and and getting extra mana interaction, but I you know I wouldn't refer to that as combo. But anyways, yes, this is a very very cool card and it's very cheap. I don't know what the foils are, but I bet they're under. Well, they they're probably between five and ten dollars, but don't quote me on that. <laughs> 
Oh, actually, I see TCG player eleven fifty nine. So I was uh, I was off. So you shouldn't listen to me about anything, really. Proof is in the pudding. <laughs> That's what we should do—a podcast about pudding. <laughs> All right, Eric. How many cards do you have left on your list? Two. You've got two left. Okay, then I'm going to throw in an honorable mention here. So I've already gone through the cards that I noticed were trending down a little bit or kind of like staying where they were. Uh, But I'm going to talk about one that's currently like a reasonable price, but starting to trend up. Um, Bolus's Citadel. So Mm. Bolus's Citadel, this is a spicy card. For three black, 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 you get a legendary artifact that says you may look at the top card of your library at any time, and you may play the top card of your library. And if you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than paying its mana cost. And it also has an activated ability where you can tap and sacrifice 10 non-land permanents, and each opponent loses 10 life. Um, I love this card so much. <laughs> it's like a few... Seems like a- pretty good card yeah it's a like a future site that you can just pay life instead of paying mana uh so you're basically going until you hit two lands and and can't go any further um but just such a ridiculous uh like card and mana advantage uh using your life as a resource and uh currently it's hovering around four dollars it's 3.8 uh but it's starting to trend up so i imagine Given some time, this card's going to gain a little bit of value as people start to play it more and more in Commander and as mm-hmm. War of the Spark is more and more forgotten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that last ability, um, you know, I have I have seen that win games oh, yeah. when, life, when, it, when it's a long game and life totals get low and you just, you know, sacrificing those permanents is going to win you the game so you don't really care. Yeah, for sure. I actually recently picked one of those guys up as well, so. Good man. Yeah. Listening to my advice. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow foreshadowed that. Yeah. <laughs> Rally has powers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another card in black is Priest of the Forgotten Gods. So this is one of anything in a black for a human cleric. And you tap the cleric to sacrifice two other creatures. Uh, any number of target players each lose two life and sacrifice a creature. And then you get to add two mana and draw a card. So this card does a lot for you. Uh, and then it's also really neat because you can even do a little bit of political stuff since it's any number of target players. So you don't have to... You could have two of your three opponents have to sack a creature and such. Um, but then it's also, being a sack outlet, it's also giving you more mana to do things with. Uh, and it replaces and it draws a card too. So you're getting a lot of value out of this. Yeah, especially if you're sacrificing... Um token creatures totally yeah no this is a very cool card i don't even this i i didn't even uh i i've never seen this card before it's it is quite good yeah it's seeing play in pioneer and historic in uh like the citadel decks the citadel collected company decks really good card nice yeah very cool so very, very I, th- cool. I think it's not going to stay it since this is out of print again um yeah now is definitely going to be i think a good time to pick it up for sure all right so uh eric has our uh our final card got some good old green power here mm. everyone loves some ramp creatures this is the incubation druid druid synergies 
That's right. Uh, so one of anything in a green, you can tap to add one mana of any color that a land you control could produce. Uh, if Incubation Druid has a 1-1 counter on it, you add three mana of that type instead. So this is a really cool way how this is worded as well. Oh yeah, the creature also has Adapt 3 for five mana. So if you are at a point in the game where you have to pay the five mana to put three counters on it, you are making the Druid bigger, and then you can tap for more mana. But also, mm -hmm. if you just have a way of throwing a counter onto it, it already taps for three mana. You don't need to use the Adapt 3 to get that mana production. You can just throw a counter on it somehow, and it's tapping you for three mana already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, even if you... Like, I do like that it is totally self-sufficient. Like, you don't need another way to put a counter on it. Yes, it is um, seven mana total, but, like, it, it can just get the job done all by itself. Yeah, and you can find yourself in situations where it's like, oh, you know, I have an extra five mana. Let's mana ramp, right? Yeah, I mean, ideally, you want to be playing this on turn turn one or two and have a way to put a counter on it, you know, the turn it comes into play or the next turn. So you can use all that mana. But uh, yeah, it's, it is, it's a cool design. Oh, and again, I'm also surprised by the price of this card. Is it seeing play in, in Pioneer? It says it's legal in Pioneer. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know that. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, like it, it went down and then back up a little bit, and now it's trending back down again. So, All right. Always be trending. <laughs> Always. Um, all right. So I think we can end it there. Do you guys have any other uh, hot takes about rotation you want to make before we wrap things up? No, just pick up the cards you want when the getting's good. That's right. That's really, you know, and that's good advice in general, <laughs> you know, when, when, when reprints happen, when rotation happens, but honestly, I think uh, like one of the best times to pick up cards over rotation is when reprints happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I picked up quite a few double masters cards cause they're so dirt cheap right now. So anyways, like I said, we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, do let us know if there were any cards that we missed that you'll be picking up around rotation time. And we're going to be back next week with uh, nothing but Zendikar to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm excited. We might, we, might, we might do it in one episode. Uh, it might be a two-parter. There's, there's a lot of cool stuff. If, if you haven't been looking at the previews, uh, don't, because we'll <laughs> tell you about them. But uh, good. No, get out there, you uh, <laughs> Yeah, get out there and play some paper magic. Just like go to a game store and play on the sidewalk, um, <laughs> and it'll it'll feel like you're you're playing in in the store. But um, you know, of course, always thank you for listening, and thank you to our editor Ainsley for the work that she does behind the scenes. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at Command Beacon. You can find Riley on Instagram at Riley underscore Dayton and on Twitter at, is it Riles D? Riles Dayton, yeah. Riles Dayton, god yeah. damn it. Okay, almost got it, almost got it. Okay, yeah, we'll talk to you all next week. Yeah. Frapple or flapple? Yeah, let us, let us know, let us know let in the us comments. Know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let us know important. what you think. A <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye-bye, everybody. See ya. Bye bye, Frample. Flample. <laughs> Turn one, soaring. Oh, come on. Internet, please. Come on. What? I had this out of my as well. <laughs> what, what do I, what's the money for? <laughs> um, <laughs>
<laughs> Don't make me call Shaw again. 